0: Well, good morning. Let me get situated. We had a little technical difficulty. Even trying to get here, we had a nail in our tire this morning. So it's like, all right, Satan. Not today, Satan, right? <laughs> uh, not today. My little goddaughter's daughter, little bitty, her daddy taught her, taught her to say, not today, Satan, when her mother would tell her to go do something. So that went over really well. <laughs> was a lot of chaos in that household for a little bit trying to get that under control well today's message is perfect love cast out fear this is a message that the lord's been dealing with me this whole month really for for years on what it really means to to give love to receive love and to understand that faith works through love Because you hear these verses in church, you know, faith works through love, love your neighbor as yourself, love, 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 God is love, all that. But my firstborn type A personality is like, yeah, 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 but what can I go do? I want to go do something. I want to go make something. I want to go build something. But we really just can't do any of that without sitting in God's love and receiving his love. So he's been showing me how to do that, and that love is really the key to everything, that perfect love does cast out fear. And, and you know, you hear these scriptures and you know that they're true because God said them and they're in His word. But to really get that where it becomes a rhema, where it becomes a living word in you, where you get it is a game changer. So I would ask you, I know that we come from a varied range of denominations, traditions, cultures, backgrounds, throw all that in the trash can. I don't care if you were raised Baptist, Lutheran, Catholic, Muslim, whatever you were raised. This message is for you. It crosses all those boundaries and all those barriers, and it's universal. So, can we just say, I received today? Can we say, I received today"? Receive today? Thanks. Y'all got to help me out. I was in education. I like some feedback, some engagement. And then the Lord gave me this beautiful little nugget that, if you can remember this, will help you in so many areas of your life, because fear is all around us right now. If it were a weather forecast, it would be, you know, not partly cloudy, but there is a cloud of fear over the earth today. Would you say that's true? You can't turn on the news without there just being a bombardment of fear missiles being sent to us. So the Lord showed me this. When you remove fear, the answer will appear. And you can apply that to any area of your life. Should we move? Should I take a new job? Should I get married? Should I use this daycare? Should I buy this kind of you know, medicine? Should I do this? When you take that element of fear away, the answer will appear. And that's really deep and profound if you think about it. How many decisions would be so much easier if you weren't afraid? If you weren't afraid of, uh, even tithing sometimes can bring fear. And, and by the way, the tithing baskets are back there. Before you leave today, feel you know worship the Lord with your tithes and offerings. But sometimes, even getting ready to do that can release a little bit of fear. Like, can I trust you with my money, Lord? Is someone going to take advantage of me if I give to this ministry or give to this building fund or program? Because has the enemy used that against people? Certainly. He's no dummy. He he plants bad seed wherever God has good seed. So there have been ministries taking advantage of people. There have been, you know, people that give into the world, and you can't trust. But you can trust. This is good ground. So I want you not to be in fear about tithing. And I want you to understand that the love that the Lord showed me. So, gentlemen, I want you to relax. This is not a Valentine's message. It's not prepping you to go buy flowers and candy or mushy gushy. Because my husband has a phobia of anything pink and heart-shaped. So I thought of him when I wrote this. It's like, don't worry, honey, no mushy gushy. This kind of love that God talks about in the way that he loves us can sometimes look like hard hats and camo and a fire hose. It can look like a teacher's pen. It can look like an inventor's mind. It can look like a pastor's heart. Whatever you're called to do, God will equip you with the love that that he's trying to to get through you to others. But we can't give that if we have not yet received it. And that was the link that I missed. I understood, okay, I need to love my neighbor as myself, but I hadn't stopped to really receive that love for me. Because I was raised, I'm a baby boomer. I'm on the edge of being a baby boomer. I was raised to be a good Christian girl. You never, ever, ever put yourself first. You never, ever, ever think of yourself first. You should always give and always do for others and always, always, always these things. Because if you didn't, you were sinning. And I don't know if I'm alone in that, but in the culture I grew up in, the small town I grew up in, it was all about you do for others. Children were meant to be seen and not heard, and you said, yes, ma'am, and you did what you were told. And you did. And there's, there's great things about that. But in that, I did not learn to sit and receive God's love because I felt like God was this, you know, pr- great principal in the sky with a lightning rod, and if I messed up, I was just going to get zapped. And I didn't understand. He loved He loved me. He loved me. That life was not just about what I could do for everybody else. But that he had a plan for me and a love for me, which I got-ish, but didn't really get it. And I'm still getting it. And I just wonder how many of us are missing that link. That we get we're supposed to do and serve and love others, you know, unselfishly. But that we feel like we're doing something wrong if we sit in his rest. And we just sit like we're sitting in a hot tub. That's kind of the picture I get. God's love is like sitting in a warm hot tub. And when he's pouring it on you, there's just this satisfaction that you cannot get from anything else. That euphoria that you get in God's presence cannot be duplicated. But let me tell you something. The enemy has tried to do that. Why do we have a world addicted to any and every manner of anything to try to numb us so we can survive this war zone of a world. If we would receive the euphoria that God has for us, and euphoria is a is a man made word, but if we would receive that peace and love from from the Lord, we wouldn't have to look to Prozac and Diet Coke and cigarettes and the internet and any manner of whatever it is that you, you know, that you love, cheese enchiladas, just saying maybe. You know, I don't know. Mexican food for me is the comfort food, but if you'll receive that love and really have permission to let God love on you, you will have a different life. And I am really just on the tip of getting this. And I've done some of the mechanical steps of this, but until you really receive that, it's mechanics. It is mechanics. It's Christianity 101, Sunday School 101, you go, you do the steps, you da 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 and you feel dry and empty and wonder, okay, I'm a Christian because because I don't want to go to hell, but this earth seems so blah, and we were not meant to be that way. We are meant to represent Jesus on this earth and whatever calling that you've been called to do, and sometimes that looks like camo-clad men and women. Being willing to go to Iraq, to Afghanistan, to Vietnam, to Korea, to wherever. Put their lives on the line because they feel that call to do that. And I can't explain that. I did not get that call. It was not a conference call. It was a one-on-one call with that person. Nor could someone understand why I would want to sit in a classroom with little snotty kids and love on them, and that snot didn't bother me a bit. Tying their shoes didn't bother me a bit. Because that was my calling and I loved it. Music is their calling. Now, I could not come up here and do what they do, but they make it look like there's, it's just, you know, no big deal. It's a piece of cake. Whatever your calling is, you'll find fulfillment there if you let God just take some time and rest with Him, let Him fill you up. Because you cannot give out of what you don't have. And the fruit of your life will tell you if you're depleted of that love tank. If you're grouchy. If you're easily angered. If you're offended all the time. If you're fearful all the time. If you're bored. If you find yourself trying to fill that with food, TV, Diet Cokes, all those things. Phone games. Just something to do. Because you just are restless. All of that is a fruit and a telltale sign that something's off. Now, I'm not. none of those things are bad, necessarily. Go have a Diet Coke. Go eat a piece of cake. But if that's what you just can't wait to get to, your Heavenly Father is saying, let me be that. I have so much more for you that you can even imagine if you'll just let go and trust. But this world makes you feel... Weird, they call you peculiar, ignorant, holy roller. If you actually walk in that rest and you don't worry and you don't fear and you try to get out of debt and you live a holy lifestyle and the news doesn't bother you, what's wrong with you? You living under a rock, what's wrong with you? Eric and I just recently joined a gym. It's really funny because they have it set up for auto and We just don't do that. We pay cash and, uh, and I'm not bragging about that. We were in a place where we could not do that at one point, And we let God walk us through giving up the fear of what would that look like? We're just used to having bills. What would that look like if we let go of those bills? But we're trained in that system of this world to, well, you're supposed to be in debt. You're supposed to have bills. It's just normal. You weirdo. What do you mean you pay for cash? You don't pull your card out and pay for everything. When we got our mind wrapped around that we were doing it wrong and that God loved us enough to say, sweetie, wake up. And we allowed him to reteach our way of thinking. And we we got into God's kingdom and God's system. We have a different life than we had early in our marriage. And I would not change it for the world. And I'm not bragging. That was God's unction to say, listen. Got something better for you. And when you start doing that, you feel peculiar because you think, this feels weird. We're supposed to put cars on credit. We're, so, oh, it won't feel weird when you're paying off your mortgage. I don't know who needs to hear that. I wasn't intending to go there, but I feel like someone needs to hear that God's way will look peculiar to this world because it is. His ways are not the world's ways. So when we went to the to the gym and we were signing up and we said, we don't want to put it on our auto draft debit. We've had some bad experiences with that. They said, well, you'll, you'll have to pay cash for like three months. Okay, fine. And they didn't know what to do with that. They called a manager. Oh, which button do we push? Oh my gosh. What do you push for cash? They just, it's, it's totally foreign to them. And that's just one example of how this world makes us look foolish and peculiar living in the kingdom and inside you should be going, thank you, Jesus. I have something that I want to give to these people and some will receive it, but many won't. But what you do with that, you look at it like a cycle, you know, like the water cycle or any, any system that you work with. Computers have cycles, all the different things you do have cycles. Music has cycles and you think of it this way. God, who is love, wants to pour his love in us so that in that we're fulfilled. And in 1 John, I want to prove the point of how perfect love casts out fear in 1 John 4.18. And I want us to replace just mentally. When you see the word fear, you can also interchange that with worry. And when you see the word love, you can interchange that with trust. Okay. So there is no fear or worry in love, but perfect love, trust, cast out fear because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. If you really think about that, God is love. God is perfect. If we're fearful in any area of our life, that means we really don't trust him in that area. And that's human nature. But if you've been a born-again Christian, you've exchanged this earthly life for a life in the kingdom. Where there are better ways, God's ways. So you do like I've been learning to do the last couple of weeks. You say, okay, Lord. I'm feeling fear about this decision. I'm feeling fear about this bill, this medical diagnosis, COVID, on and on. I'm feeling fear of being taken advantage of. I'm feeling fearful about, I don't want to wear a mask in there, or I do want to wear a mask. Or what if the kids at school make fun of me because I'm doing this, that, or the other? You stop and you say, okay, Lord, that part of my heart does not have your love in it. And I need you to give me everything I need for that so that that love can cast out the fear. Because I want to trust you and I don't want to live in fear. Fear does have torment. I've been there. Both of my parents died of cancer, very close together, different kinds of cancer. So don't you think every freckle, every cough, every tummy ache that I had for about a year and a half, I I ran a path to my doctor. Is this cancer? Is Because ca- everybody was saying, you better go get checked because you're probably going to get cancer. You know, both of your parents died of cancer. Really, I didn't know that. It, people are funny. When you go through something like that, well, you know, you know now. Well, you can receive that from the world or you can receive from the one who knows you and created you. So I had to make a choice to just put all the human words going into me aside and receive what God had for me. And when you do that, you'll have a different life. When you remove the fear, the answer will appear. So that torment, that's miserable. Fear and torment, torment of mistakes, not forgiving yourself, all of those things will stop God's love from coming to you and then it won't go through you. He knows us and he knows when our love tank needs to be filled. Pay attention to that. Pay attention to like I said before, if you're grouchy, if you're fearful, if you're angry, if you're offended, if you're bored, if you just nothing entices you, something is off, something's wrong. The fear in today's time, the fear of looking cool on social media is at an all-time high. These I feel for teenagers, I feel for young people who are addicted to the likes that they get and the responses they get on social media. It's a true fear and it causes anxiety. It causes depression. I know when I'm on it too much, it just makes me feel like I just need to start my life all over. I'm not sitting under an umbrella on some beach and I'm not skinny manny and I'm not, you know, looking like I'm 20 when I'm the age I'm at. And and it'll, those images will, will bring fear. So really pay attention to that as well. If you're broke, addicted, sick, hurting, worried, fearful, angry, I want you to stop and listen to what God tells you specifically to do. Like he told us to get out of debt and many other things. That's just an example There have been many times he's given me a very specific direction that seemed really strange. But his ways are not our ways. And he told me this, and I typed it out in red. And it's very powerful, and I want you to really listen. Maybe even close your eyes, just listen. He's saying to you, son or daughter, this might be hard for you, but it's time to give those hurts to me and face them. Will you trust me with that addiction? Will you trust me with that illness? Will you trust me with the fear of COVID? I sent my son to go through hell and back on earth so that you don't have to. I sent my son to be tempted in every manner known to man because he was successful to walk through it. So can you. I sent my son to bear my wrath for sin so that you don't have to. I sent my son to break the curse of sickness and death. And if you love me, you won't die. You will get a new address, but you won't die. I sent my son to give you purpose so that you're fulfilled on earth. And while you're being fulfilled inside, you're helping others. I sent my son in the flesh so that you could see you're made in my image with a love you can't even imagine. Because this world hurts us. You love and you get hurt. But when God loves you, he blesses and there's no sorrow with that blessing. That's how you know it's from him. And yes, we have an enemy that we have to put up with while we're on this earth. But in God's mercy, he loves us so much that he has provided in the natural so that we can see, I believe this fully, that we can see we have His representation in all of the occupations and all of the services to help us. Because of that love, he's placed us in families. So we can experience the love of a father, the love of a mate, and the love of a parent to a child. Sometimes that love looks like camo clad heroes marching off to war to serve and protect us because they have a calling, because they love their country and their fellow man. He's given us police officers with a burden to serve and protect and a love for law and righteousness. Now that has been distorted lately, but that doesn't mean that they're all bad by far. There's, there's fewer of the ones who've decided to be honorary than good ones. He's given us firemen to help us, first responders. He's given us doctors and nurses, construction workers, lawyers, tech and innovators teachers to help in service. He's given us pastors and counselors to help guide us, just to name a few. And Satan has come in and sown bad seed, but we cannot continue to glorify what Satan is doing. We have to look at what our father's doing and glorify him. And if you allow him to pour his love out on you, he will tell you to do some of the most amazing and peculiar and wonderful things. But if you'll listen, you'll have such a wonderful, fulfilled life even in the hard times just a few of the funny things he's asked me to do that seemed totally not like me at all was to climb enchanted rock now for some of you somebody told me one time I did that in flip-flops and I'm like well it took me 85 prayers some really good tennis shoes and my husband pulling me up because I just that was not my thing but I did it so he's called he called me to do that and to kind of get over the fear of things that were peculiar to me. He called me to pray for a man in McDonald's in another state who was obviously suffering with cancer. And it was such a disfiguring type of cancer that everyone was staring at him. And he just told me to go pray for him. And I went to the restroom and I'm like, are you sure? Because <laughs> I really don't want to do this. But I did. And, and I had such a sweet experience with that man. He's told me to, to give lunch money to a hitchhiking teenager one time. He's told me to write books to encourage strangers, just to go up and encourage them. And I'm thinking, they're going to think I'm insane. But it was exactly the word they needed to hear. He's called me to launch new systems and things I never thought I was capable of doing. And recently, now some of you may think this is just an average day for a woman, but for me it's not. I don't like to shop. So one morning he told me, I want you to go to the bank, draw out a specific dollar amount, And I'm thinking, but I don't know if Dave Ramsey would approve of that. And he said, I want you to go shopping and spend every penny on yourself. And I really sat and prayed about that because I thought that just doesn't sound like logically what I should do. We're on a, you know, a specific budget. But I knew that I knew that's what I had to do. And I had the best time going shopping and just letting him love on me that way. He might be telling you to go fishing, go play golf. To go clean out your closet and give away some clothes and sow them as a seed for new clothes. He might tell you to get out of debt, get your life in order, go call someone you're estranged from. Just listen and he will give you specific instructions. I recently realized something that I I wish I had thought of two years ago when COVID first hit. But as a church, I feel like we let fear just paralyze us. The whole world did, but... Think about how we could have done that differently and flipped the script on COVID if we'd have gathered together and made care baskets for people who were sick and said, Satan, you're not going to stop us. Put some soup in there and some magazines and some bath bombs and some mentholatum and whatever they needed and drop it off at their front porch. But the flip side of that was I tried that with a couple of people, and they were so terrified they didn't want to touch anything that hadn't been sanitized, and so they wouldn't even receive anything. That's just, that's just the enemy, y'all. But we need to stop glorifying the enemy and glorify <laughs> God. Uh, I want to f- sl- s- switch down to our last set of uh, verses, Matthew 7, because if you don't think this message is for you, that's okay. If you feel like that's mushy-gushy stuff, I don't need that. That's okay. I was there. But I want you just to ask God, is there something for me? And he says in Matthew 7, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you? who if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, he'll give him a serpent. So if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father, who is in heaven, give good gifts to you, to those who ask him? So if we, being evil parents, think about Liam Neeson. Think about Liam Neeson. Let's put his picture up there. Do you have that clip, that actor? Do you have that? Okay. So if you've seen the movie Taken, the original movie Taken, you know that there's a famous um, set of, of lines that Liam Neeson says in this movie. His daughter is kidnapped in Paris. She's on the phone talking to him, and he worked black ops, CIA, not sure. He was a spy of some sort. So he had a particular set of skills and he's having to listen to his daughter being kidnapped. And then the kidnapper gets on the phone and he says, if you let my daughter go now, then that'll be the end of it. But if you don't, I want you to know that I have acquired a particular set of skills over my career And I will use them on you and I will hunt you down and I will kill you. And the kidnapper says, good luck. Well, Liam Neeson hunts them down and tortures them and kills them and gets his daughter back. So someone who is evil has that heart to go after their child. How much more will our Heavenly Father do for us? So whenever you don't feel like you're worthy, think of Liam Neeson going after his daughter and know that your Heavenly Father is like a bulldog after you. And will come and provide and help you because he loves you that much. All right. Can we receive that today? All right.